We are back. Brand new episode of the GYGB War Report Show. I'm your co-host, Roberto Flat, joined by my PNC, R.O. Diggity. What is goody, fam? Oh, man. Chilling, man. It's September. It's the first week. Back to school, but also back to some real live action with these fights. So let's have it. Yeah, man. So the fall season officially is underway Whoa. now. Man. I'm well, sorry. I mean, really. Back to some college football. Back to college football. Well, hey, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't want to speak too much on my <laughs> college football as far as what transpired last night from my – you to, to the death, man. But, wow, man. Didn't get a good start to the college football season down here in South Florida, man. It's annihilating. Uh, but to your point, yes, uh, you know, college football usually starts off like that sports uh, fall season. Uh, you know, there's people that, you know, they're not going to rock with the NFL, but so, a lot of people still are. That's starting next weekend. But – you know, the aficionados here, we're boxing heads. We're, we're heads of all sports, really, but this is a boxing show, obviously. But the fall season, man, really starts um, after Labor Day. It, it, it's what's become kind of um, uh, the standard in, in the last several years. And what a way to start it off with uh, a fight that I think many of us uh, <coughs> were thinking was going to happen anyway. Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, but now the caveat it being for the WBC welterweight title that Keith Thurman vacated sometime in May when he was scheduled to fight. He had to bow out. Thus, he went and uh, vacated the title. But before we get to that, man, I want to get your opinion on I hope. So before you get into that, let me ask you an icebreaker question real fast. Yeah, go ahead. So you mentioned Labor Day. So I'm going to ask you a question. Because, you know, you even, you know, we're up here where we have, you know, four seasons and down there you guys have probably like one or two. Um, so after Labor Day, do you wear white or not wear white? I don't know, man. Down here, man, it, it's uh, we got kind of different rules down here, man. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we don't, you know, while, while like come November, December, you know, everybody's putting their pullovers on and everything. We're still rocking tank tops and everything, man. So we're. We, we, we live by a different creed down here, man. But it's uh, in general, man, I got to say just the Labor Day weekend. I'm pretty sure in other parts of the country, people are doing barbecues and whatnot. But South Florida has been one of the most dreariest or has had one of the most dreariest Labor Day weekends, man, I can think of, man. We're like we just missed like this tropical storm that's like right underneath us. So we dodged that. But – it's been rain nonstop since like Friday, man. So it's just been like mm. kind of ridiculous down here, you know, like everybody cooked up in the house. But uh, I did get a chance. There was, though I didn't think there was fights on Saturday. Uh, there was some boxing on Facebook, which, uh, you know, for those who aren't aware, uh, Oscar or Golden Boy started their, uh, they, they have this deal now with, with Facebook where they're going to be they televised fights uh, on Facebook Live. So we got a ch I got a chance to see Ryan Garcia <laughs> who is uh, uh one of these young prospects man that we are kind of, you know, keeping an eye on but he's been somebody that many fight fans have been very crit 
critical of, I guess just because of his attitude, his cockiness for not really have, you know, not fighting anybody as of yet. But again, very young. Uh, we see him on social media and he's calling out Tank Davis. He's calling out Devin Haney and this guy and that guy. And so we got a chance to see him last night. I, I don't know if you, you say you saw him ROD, but um, I always say in boxing, man, we talk a lot about the eye test. And this kid to me, man, <laughs> not to get into too much detail, but he hasn't passed the eye test with me yet, man. I mean, look, I, we've seen a lot of very fast fighters like, that have good speed and everything, but that that's not the end-all, be-all, man. And there's a lot of things this kid does that I think he needs a lot of fine-tuning in, but I think for them, man, the, the best bet for Golden Boy and for this kid is to keep putting him in these type of cards. You know, I wouldn't put him on a on a, on a Golden Boy pay per view or undercard or an HBO undercard. Like he's not ready for that. Like these type of fights or even those YouTube uh, joints that Golden Boy does uh, from time to time. Those are the type of fights he should be in right now. He's not ready for that upper echelon. And look, to be honest with you, man. I, I need to see more for me to really go out on a limb and say, yo, like, I think this kid can compete at a world level. Like, right now, I don't think so. Like, we've talked about it, but what's your take on Ryan Garcia, man? Well, you well, saw, me, saw go me like, go like, go like this. this. And, and that was that because was you called call him weird. weird. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and tell you this. I think that Golden Boy is trying to develop the next it. You know, we have a situation with Canelo where that's good. That could probably be a potential landmine depending upon how he performs this month. Um, so they're looking for the next it because Golden Boy, unfortunately, has become the Titanic, as we said, you know, for a while. Um, with that being said, I watched that fight and I wasn't impressed. I, You know, it was fun. You know, with him calling out Tank, the whole Twitter war and the Instagram war was fun. But I left watching that fight just saying, you know what? Yeah, we all get buckled. You know, that stuff happens. It's boxing. You know, you adjust, you adapt. That happens. But just the way he looked the whole fight, it was just like it left a lot of questions kind of like left to be interpreted by like imagination, like the, the what ifs. Yeah. And. Honestly, man, I don't have an answer for him because I'm still trying to figure out who this kid is. You know, besides him hitting the Cobra bag, besides him using, you know, using a nickname or the moniker Flash and he's doing these nice little drills. I didn't see that type of stuff in that fight. Um, again, you know, as he steps up a competition, you hope that he rises to the occasion. But is he ready for that upper echelon right now? Absolutely not. And um you know, I think that, you know, at this point in time, he should stick to the Vogue magazines, you know, with the car in the background, taking the little pictures and the selfies and all that stuff. You know, I, mean, I, I would say for him, man, well, I, real quick, there's uh, you know, we're going to respond to some some uh, some some of the chats. Uh, we got real boxing talk saying that he has clear talent. He's obviously very raw, but you don't beat former ABC title holders at 20. Now, look, he has a point there. Um, 
but the thing is, again, man, like I, I guess we're we're kind of in the notion of uh, seeing if the hype matches the talent in the ring. Now we've seen a lot of guys uh, that had raw talent like very early, you know. And I'm not gonna go through the list of names, but I mean, look, you can even look as far as Tank. Like Tank won the title as I mean, granted, you know. A yeah, lot of things, subjective, right? I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things. You know, when we talk about twenty and real boxing talk, I appreciate your uh your comment. When you talk about boxing, a lot of this stuff is based off of time, talent, and opportunity. You know, like you know, we look at the division. Like when Mike Tyson was running through everything, my cousin, shout out to um my cousin Kareem, who's who be on the thread. He absolutely thinks that Mike ran through a bad division, you know, and I still think that Mike is still probably one of, you know, obviously when you put everything, you comments everything all together, despite what we may think, one of the greater fighters of all time, you know, just based on what he meant to the culture and everything. But when you look back and you start peeling back the layer, you looked at, he didn't have to, he didn't have to fight a lot of the Lennox Lewis's and those guys. So him winning a title at 20, yeah, he had talent, but like, look at the time, the talent, and the opportunity at that point in time. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it was there for the taking. Whereas, I believe, like, if Garcia, if we put him against Tank right now, like, he might die. That might that'll be bad. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that, so you know, we gotta kind of slow roll and see where his development might be. You know, um, but then you get people like Floyd Mayweather where. We threw him against a uh, God. God bless his soul, like Chicanito Hernandez at twenty one. We thought Floyd was going to die. He wound up dominating the fight. So, like you know, everything is based off of your. Like I said, it to me, your time, your talent, and the opportunity that you're given. I don't know if those things are in his. Do they? they those three things don't benefit him right now. He needs to take the time to develop so he can get those opportunity. And take advantage of those other things. So, like, I think that for me, we have to see a little bit more of him. And he needs to take his career and slow roll and work on those kinks. You know, don't throw him to the lines right now because it could be to his detriment. I agree. I agree. And I think that's why we're going to see him more on these type of cards. Like, we're going to see him against, um, in, in essence, like fringe contenders, you know, because they need to work those kinks. I mean, the number one thing for me with him, man, is, and I made the, the, <laughs> the correlation is, is like his neck is out there like a giraffe, man. And you know, when he gets in there with punchers, you can't, you can't have your neck out there like that, man. And and that's like one thing I look for in this fight that I saw in his previous fight, like, man, he sticks his neck out there and he did it quite often in this fight. And he did get, he did get shook by it looked like a jab. I think it looked like I think it was a jab that kind of staggered him a little bit. Mm -hmm. But again, man, like with a lot of this, it's um like I said, like when we when we look at certain fighters when they're like 14, 15 fights in, and we're already you know giving them the A plus or the A minus or what have you in the eye test. That's the thing I'm saying with him is like I haven't reached that point with him where I can say, oh, he does he's he's improving there, he's improving there, he's improving there. And I get that you know they want to compare him to Oscar because you know of his looks and, and you know all the girls want to flock to him and the whole nine because Oscar's seen that before 
Only difference is Oscar kind of before he became this, uh, you know, phenomenon in essence, like in the early 90s, man, I mean, yo, he was an Olympic gold medalist. You know, he already right. proven in the ring what the guy can do. And even at that point, it was still like, you know, people weren't 100% sure with him, kind of like with Leonard. Like they, they thought he was just all the pretty boy, uh, whatever, you know, he, there's no merit there until – we started seeing him in there with top level guys and he showed a proof. So maybe we'll right happen. I just don't have that. Um, I'm, I'm just not as positive that I'll see that. Like how I was seeing like a, a lightweight Oscar or a 130 pound Oscar when I first saw like his first eight, nine fights and with other yeah. guys too. So, and, and, and we talked about that amateur pedigree. Like when you mentioned Ray Leonard and you mentioned, and you mentioned, um, you know, Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah, they had the pretty boy looks, but they had the amateur pedigree. Um, we don't really, like I said, we don't know what we're getting from this guy. You know, it's just we're actually opening that bag of Skittles trying to find that right color right now. We don't know if we're getting the yellow. We don't know if we're getting the red. I think with Sugar A. Leonard and Oscar, we kind of knew that we were getting, we was opening that Skittles. We knew we could for sure grab a red or a blue, you know, yeah. <laughs> or red or purple. I don't think we don't know. I don't know what color we're getting with this guy, but guess what? You know, we just need to, he needs to take the time and really figure out, you know, what who he is as a boxer and um go on. You know, again, we know that we've said before that Golden Boy has become almost like the Titanic. And what they've tried to do to resurrect, they've tried to promote people like Canelo, like the good looking people, you know, and is and, and the Ryan Garcia's of the world to kind of resurrect them. But, you know, again, you know, it's kind of funny. And I know we're going to talk about it next week, but when you look at Canelo, here's a guy that's probably had has has Canelo had he's, he has fifty fights, right? Yeah, about like some close I mean, to. Close, I mean, I like, yeah, and we and honestly, I don't even know who. I mean, I know, but I'm sure half the people don't know who they're against. They just know that they just know Floyd, Cotto, and Triple G for the most part. You know, um. He had 50 fights, you know what I mean? It's just, but, you know, they kind of slow rolled it and, you know, kind of put him and pit him against, you know, different fighters to make him look good. And I think they're going to probably do the same with Ryan Garcia. Don't be surprised if Ryan Garcia has a record of 80 and no. Before he got he... 52 fights. Yeah. You don't be surprised if Ryan Garcia has, don't be surprised if Ryan Garcia gets something like 40-some fights. You're like, well, who did he fight? Well, right, and that's what I'm saying, and that's why I think this whole Facebook, this Facebook watch deal that they have, look, for whatever it's worth, when I was watching it live, man, at its peak, they had 64,000 views, man, on a, on a Saturday night on Facebook Live. So I was like, yo, like, I, I can't even be mad at that because not many people would be watching a fight on Facebook on a Saturday night with somebody that at least on the on the East Coast side of things, most people don't know. You know, South South L, you know, SoCal and, and and even California in general might be a different story. But I don't know, man. We we kind of have to just you know the, the jury's still out on them. You know, like it's and, and I don't think we're gonna really have anything definitive for the next few years. And look, man, we got him, Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, um, Tank's already a world champion, but like he's still young. All these guys, I think, at some point or another, are gonna fight. We'll see at what level these guys are at by the time they, you know, they do fight. But 
Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. If he might he might fight later in the year, man, because it seems like they're trying to keep him busy. He's fighting like four or five times a year. So we might see him um, maybe in December on some uh, – maybe have another one of these Facebook flashbacks or Facebook watch joints or what have you. But uh, what I will say before we, we go on to Danny and, and Sean Porter, I got to say that the Facebook watch experience – has been a lot better than the ESPN Plus experience, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, just overall, man, like, it, it's very to the point. It's right there. You set the reminder. You just go to Golden Boy's Facebook page, and you're you're good to go. Uh, the ESPN app, I think they're, they're still working out kinks, and I think it's still, like, kind of in a beta version somewhat. But any case, man. So let, let's, let's jump to the main event for this weekend, man. The first – of uh, what I think is, I, I yeah, I believe every every weekend this month we have uh, not only a fight but a major fight, a world title fight, and we're starting off in Brooklyn, <laughs> and uh, courtesy of BK, Showtime and BK, BK, shout out to my my BK brethren out there, brethrens out there. Um, but yeah, man, a fight that we thought was gonna happen anyway. But now, like I like I was mentioning, the caveat now being that it's for the WBC welterweight title, which was previously owned by Danny Garcia one tight one reign ago, because it was it was owned by Keith Thurman, and he vacated it after bowing out twice uh, due to injury, or uh, you know after his comeback defeating Danny for that belt. Sean Porter has fought for that belt once prior against. Keith Thurman. So um, mm -hmm. both guys have been here. There's somewhat of a fork in the road with both of these guys. I, I mean, I clearly is. I think one guy in a loss uh, affects the fighter worse than the other in a loss. But, you know, we're going to dive into it, man. But I'll, I'll start it with you, ROD, man. Uh, first, I mean, before you give a prediction, man, like I just g give me your rundown as it relates to I guess like what both guys bring to the table that will be effective in this fight. So, you know, when we when we talk about both of them, you know, we we kind of know they're both animated in their own ways, you know. And what I mean by that is, you know, I remember prior to this fight being set up, you know, you had uh, Porter acting like Hulk Hogan or Randy Macho Man Savage, you know, trying to make a fight. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And um, then you had like, you know, you, you also have Danny Garcia's dad, you know, Angel, you know, Crazy Garcia that, uh, you know, he would say a couple of things as well. And then you got the dad factor. So you got the dad factors going on. So it, it's kind of like even right there in terms of like what they bring to the table from, you know, an, an animation and promotion set. When we talk about skill set, you know, we talk about Sean Porter. I know Sean Porter uh, dad has said that, you know, they've had a vast, he always go back to his amateur. We beat this guy in the amateurs. We beat this guy. We didn't see, we didn't see Angel Garcia back then. We didn't see Danny Garcia back then, but we do know that Danny Garcia fought, you know, uh, shout out to, to, to Bud Crawford at that point in time as well. So they both have an amateur background. I would give the amateur background a little bit more to Porter at that point. Um, They're both moving up. They're both didn't start off as welterweight, so they're both kind of moving up. Um, Danny is the bigger guy, Sean Porter being the, the smaller guy. However, 
as people want to call him the football player. So, you know, he's, he's, he's wide, you know, got, you know, got the Ram thing going on. Uh, <laughs> but I, I will say this, you know, when you look at pure power, you know, I, I would think that, you know, um, that would probably have to go to Danny. When you talk about skill, I'm going to say that they both negate each other, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I think Porter looks so good in training. He knows the right things to do, but it seems like he smothers his work a lot. Um, when you look at Danny, I think people talk about Danny being a counterpuncher, but to me, he's not personally my type of counterpuncher. Like when I think of someone as a counterpuncher, I think of someone finding holes, being active, and being precise. I can't really call somebody a counterpuncher. Mm. I can't really call somebody a a counterpuncher. I think he's methodical in what he does. I don't want to really call him a counterpuncher. I think there's a difference because when I think of a counterpuncher, I think of someone that's throwing, you know, and capitalizing on mistakes that you're making. Um, and that Keith Thurman fight, it didn't really, it was opportunity at a high level for him to prove that. And to me, he looked kind of lost. Whereas with Porter, it was a different type of thing. Even though they both lost, Porter was kind of smothering his work. But, you know, Porter was a more active one. So he was just a little bit more methodical in that fight than I would like him to be. And then to describe him as a counterpuncher. Um, footwork, I mean, again, you know, you would have to give it to Danny. I mean, you know, Porter's fast, you know, but a lot of times he seems kind of clumsy at, at times. Um, strength, just pure strength and athleticism, obviously, is off the charts for Porter. You know, with his background, you can see how he trains. Corner, I'm going to have to give it, even to Porter. Before Porter even added, like, the Shane Mosley's of the world and the Barry Hunters, like, I think he already had a superior corner com compared to them. And, and, and um, you know, obviously speed is going to have to go to Porter as well. So, I mean, again, or IQ and generalship, I would – I mean, it's going to be a tie to me, you know, because I've seen things like, you know, Danny could have won, could have made that Thurman fight a lot better than what it was. But I felt like there were there were times where he just didn't make the adjustments that Thurman made. And if he had made those adjustments, that fight would have been better. Whereas like Porter just kind of like you just kind of know what you're getting out of him, man. And, you know, he does, you know, what with him, the knock with him was he had a fight where he whitewashed Adrian Broner and then he kind of like took his foot off the gas in the 12th round, got caught with something stupid. Like, and I was like, well, who does that? You know, you could have walked away in that fight. It could have been 12 nothing. And you just kind of like took your foot off the gas. So that's it. Chin is going to go to Danny as well. So that's what makes this fight intriguing to me as we look through those different caveats because we see a lot of box, we see a lot of both fighters that are kind of like flawed on both sides and why some of them they're high on this end or maybe high on this end. When you kind of tally it up, it kind of goes like this a little bit. So it kind of makes it even to me, you know, when you talk about like that whole tail of the tape and that whole background in terms of what we're looking at, you know, and it, and it kind of makes for a fight that, you know, we all got to tune into for or tune into and watch on Saturday.
Yeah, yeah, and you bring up a, you bring up a lot of good points <clears throat> as it really relates to both guys, man. I mean, I I think the, the thing with Sean Porter too, man, uh, that that's kind of being forgotten. I mean, he's the longer um, standing welterweight, and you can argue he's fought the better opposition at welterweight thus far. You know, I mean, even like adding Kell Brook in there, uh, <clears throat> mind you, before Kell Brook fought Triple G and Errol Spence, um, and and then he fought Thurman as well. Uh, and, and Danny, now let me ask you this: like, what what is your what what's your rebuttal in the sense where you know when when people look at the Thurman fight for Danny, you know, I I I thought I had picked Thurman in that fight only because that's a style that Danny doesn't want to fight more so than somebody that's kind of coming to him. So, like, in this case with Sean Porter, who looks as if he's going to come straight to Danny, how – do I mean, do you think that that is something that's going to fall maybe in line with Danny? Or do you think Sean Porter is going to have a lot of success, like, really smothering Danny up for, like, 12 rounds? So there's two different – there's two different schools – there's three different schools of thought when you look at this. So, like, number one – to answer your question, I answer is like A, B, and C. Number one, all pressure is different. Like, you know, when we look at different, we can look at different boxers and say they provided different pressure. You know, like that Tyson pressure to me was a little bit different than that Chavez pressure. You understand what I'm saying? Um, you know, Chavez knew how to cut corners off real well. Like he knew how to negate a jab, whereas like I think Mike – after a while, he just came forward for the sake of coming forward, you know? Um, so I think that each pressure is kind of different, and I think Porter provides a different pressure than Danny's ever seen. Like, people look at Matisse and be like, oh, well, look at that pressure. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, I think that's a little bit different from what Porter's providing because you're talking about pressure but a little bit more on Red Bull. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a little bit more revved up, you know, that type of like heavy metal type of pressure, you know what I mean? Like rock concert type, type pressure, you know, like slam dancing, you know, um, when, when you talk about, um, you know, when you talk about that, that Thurman fight, um, cause go back to your question again, you said the Thurman, you said the Thurman fight, go back to yeah, the Thurman fight to, to me was a style that Danny more, more times than not would have trouble with. Right. So when you look at the con fight, right? Like even stylistically, right. that fight was bad for Danny, but the problem with Khan has always been that he sticks his neck out there a little too long when if he just stayed um and he kept his distance for the majority of the fight, like he'd make his fights right. a lot easier. And, and you're right. And 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 that's what where I want to answer the question. So when you think about it, yeah, you know, people would think that Porter is tailor made for him, you know. It, this, that, and the third, but like I'll, I'll rebuttal, and that's my part B. What did you think about when Peterson fought him? Because Danny Peterson, because oh, yeah, 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 because you know, Danny spent a lot of his time, most you know, Danny spent a lot of his time on the ropes in that fight, too. Yeah, I forget, so, I forget about that fight, <laughs> yeah. So, like, and which is hence why I think this is why Barry Hunter is there, you know, because I think that. You know, there's going to be some things that, you know, you might see transpire in that fight, you know, from three, four years ago that we saw in that Peterson fight that may happen on, on Saturday, you know, because Peterson 
although he lost a majority, you know, decision, he had some success with Danny. And some may argue we say he won that fight. But again, you know, somebody said it was seven five. Somebody said it was, you know, they had a six to six. You know, somebody may say they had a seven five for Peterson. But whatever it was, it was a very close fight. So I just think that the Porter fight looks easy on paper because he comes forward. But I also believe, man, that pressure is a little bit different. You mentioned Kel Brook. It's just different. And see, why Kel, to me, Kel Brook has success with him because Kel Brook, all right, without dissing, is Kel Brook a better boxer than Danny Garcia? Yes or no? I, I personally think so. Yes, he is a better boxer. Okay. Is Kel Brook more active than Danny Garcia? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. That's the reason why he was able to have success against Sean Porter, because I think he was able to pick those shots well, and he was able to be more active. I don't see Danny being – Danny loads up a lot. So, like, a lot of that – so, when you talk about counterpunching, he's really looking for one punch. Like, that's the difference. Does that make sense? He's not really looking to, like, pop, pop, I hit you, like, one right. or two – I, I totally agree. I, <laughs> I so like so like those holes may be there, but he may just hit you with ones. You know, he might hit you with he. You might be lucky if he hit you with a two, but really he's really looking to hit you with a one, and and really hurt you and get you out of there. So for me, I just really believe that this Porter pressure is different from what you're going to see. So him coming forward, yeah, it's coming forward, but it's not coming forward like. Matisse did. It's not coming forward like a Ford Raptor, like a Ford like truck. This is like coming forward, and it's sort of like almost like almost like a, a I want to say like a a a, hem, a Yukon like a Hemi. You know, like it's it's just it's just different type of pressure. If that makes any sense, it's not the Chavez pressure. It's that like relentless pressure. Like it's just weird to describe the type of pressure he comes, he moves, he's. He's awkward. It's just different. I don't think Danny faced this type of pressure before. Like, people could clown Sean Porter, but I don't think Danny's faced this type of pressure before. I think this fight is going to be more difficult than what he thinks it's going to be. All right. So, like, ultimately, man, like, how do you see this playing out? <laughs> I believe that, first of all, I don't like Porter's and his dad's complaining in the beginning. Oh, you know, Vada's coming to test us. We're not used to this, all this crap. You know, you, I, I don't like that. You know, just kind of deal with it, you know. But on a, so that it just seems like it's just a built in excuse already. But for, for me, if I had to look at things, all things being fair and equal, if I take the best Danny Garcia and put it against the best Sean Porter, when we talk about who's for who and where they looked at the best, I'm going to say that. Obviously, the odds are in Danny Garcia's favor. You know, when you look at, shout out the champ side, a lot of those guys on the polls and a lot of those guys that are, you know, sitting there and they're predicting the fight, it's been like, you know, 60% to 40%. I'm going to say that Sean Porter is a very live underdog in this fight, man. I just think based off of his activity, based off the pressure, you know, the fact that I don't know if Danny's going to be active enough to keep Sean off of him. Like, he might land that one, but, again, is he going to knock Sean Porter out? Now, granted, let, no. So here's the other thing that someone said. Someone said, well, you know, Adrian Broner, 
hit Sean Porter with a hook and knocked him down. And I said, yeah, you know, he did. But let's just let's be realistic. Sean Porter came in. He was 144 pounds. All right. People forget about that. He fought he fought him at a catch weight. All right. The other thing is, you know, it was and I'm going to be honest. I think Adrian Broner looked bad in that fight. But Adrian Broner is way faster, as you and I both know, than Danny Garcia. And I don't I ain't got Danny Garcia being as fast like this fight could play out almost like and I know this is going to be sound crazy. Activity wise, not skill wise. Hear me out. Activity wise, this fight can wind up playing out just like Chavez Jr. and Martinez, where like you got somebody that was just active for a bunch of rounds, you know, not boxing, but just being active a bunch of rounds and a guy that's not as active and maybe he lands that one punch and it gets kind of rocky for a second, but Sean Porter winds up with the decision. I'm just saying Porter, I'm picking Porter because of the activity level. If Danny decides to step up and become more active, he'll probably have a lot of success and it probably wouldn't be close. But if the Danny, we know I'm, I got to pick Porter, man. And, if Danny wins, it's going to probably be my majority decision, and we're going to probably have to go back and rematch it because people are going to be crying foul. That's just my opinion. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that little last part because th th that's the thing with this fight with me, and we this we've talked about this amongst all you know ourselves for like well over a month, um, maybe longer than that. And you bring up a lot of great points, man. Um, what I what I'll add is. I, I think with both of these guys, it's just we, we have to look at to where they at where they're at in their careers right now. You know, I, I think with Danny Garcia, he's he's coming off like um well not coming off, but prior to the Matisse fight, you know, this was a this was a you know, Danny Garcia was a guy that we were you know, being told was going to fight Floyd Mayweather at one point and was going to be the, the this upper echelon, like elite level guy. And I was so, let me let me let me pause you for a second. Why didn't he fight? So let's stop there for a second and hold your and keep your thought. Why didn't he fight Manny Pacquiao? See, that's another thing too. <laughs> there's different there's different stories. But there, there was some discussion about there potentially being an offer sometime last year, and Danny wanted you know x amount of dollars. In this day and age, it's like who knows. But for me, I feel like Danny's career is kind of split down the middle for me, pre and post Matisse. And I think it's because just of how he's looked since that fight. And I mean, let's go through the line. I mean, you 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 talked about the the Lamont fight, the Lamont Peterson fight. We had the Mauricio Herrera fight. That fight, I thought he clearly lost. The Lamont fight, like you can on on, on one day I might have Danny winning, one day I might have Lamont winning. What was his best fight at welterweight? Keith Thurman. Well, as far as the the best guy he faced was Keith Thurman. What was but his best performance though at welterweight? That's that's. I was, I, was gonna, I was gonna get into that. 
when you look at who he's fought at welterweight, he's fought Robert Guerrero, Sammy Sammy Vargas, Brandon Rios, and Keith Thurman, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's everybody. Yeah. So in Peterson, right? Or he fought Peterson at 140. I was at 140 at a cat. It was at a catch. Okay. So when we're talking about like legit welterweights, that's what I was saying. Sean Porter has fought more of the upper echelon of the welterweights that were there. He fought Devin Alexander at, at 147. He beat um well, they both beat an old Malinaji, but he fought Kel Brook when he was still IBF champ again. And fought Triple G or Spence yet. He fought Keith Thurman. Um, and he knocked out Andre Berto. And he fought Adrian Granados just now. And you can compare that Granados fight to like him fighting a Brandon Rios or him fighting. And I'd even argue the Granados fight is a better fight than Brandon Rios. Let's compare I, let's compare to Adrian. Let's compare, and I mean I don't mean to cut you to wisdom, brother, but let's let's compare those Keith Thurman fights. That's that's the barometer. Let's compare I mean, both of those fights. And who had the who had the most success? I mean, see, that's tough because I feel like Keith Thurman clearly beat both of them. I think Sean Porter made it a rougher night for Keith Thurman. Where with, with Danny, Danny, like to what you were saying earlier, like he looked like he was trying to land a home run shot, like the whole night. And Keith Thurman, I think he figured that out like midway through. And you started to see like he was just winning those exchanges. And the thing with Danny, Danny has really slow feet. So it's like he's not somebody that's going to be on the move. You know, like he's going to be there, you know, which is going to leave Sean Porter. What I feel is going to happen is he's he's going to be pushing Danny back this whole fight. Um. In, in the midst of all that, I do think Sean Porter, because he's just, he comes in face first and he's either, he's either going to, you know, bulldoze you or you might land a counter here and there. But the thing is, he's the stronger of the two. I don't think there's really any debate there. Um, I think physically he's, he's, he's the more seasoned welterweight. Um, and it, I, I'll say this, man, I feel if, if there's fans out there, excuse me. If there's fans out there that think we're gonna be in for this back and forth type of uh, fight that you know we're gonna be talking about for the next few weeks, man. Like I hate to burst you guys' bubble, but this might be a really ugly fight, man. And because of some of the things that R.O.D. is saying, I think Sean Porter knows he can't be at a distance, and he knows that. Fighting Danny in the way that I think he's going to fight him is going to prevent Danny from really landing shot to ROD, trying to land the, the Dracula punch, <laughs> trying to land, try to land, you know, the, you know, the, 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 no, the no look hook, you know, and, and, that, and that's the thing. Danny, he likes, he, he, if to, to give him credit, man, like he knows, um, he's not your traditional counter puncher, but, I think he has more power than does. I don't think at welterweight he's gonna have that one punch authoritative shot that maybe he had at one forty. Um, and also adding too, man, like you gotta. I always talk about this with knockouts, and we we make this we make this uh, 
uh, uh, this argument with, with Canelo. You have to look at them. You have to look at who who these guys that got knocked out were. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, if, if he would have knocked out Lucas Matisse or he would have knocked out some upper echelon welterweights or what have you or even hurt them, then I would be worried about Danny's power at 147. But I don't really think that's going to be an issue here. I don't think either guy is going to get dropped in this fight. Um, I, I, I expect a halfway SummerSlam match. Um you know, there's gonna be a lot of a, a lot of grabbing, uh, a lot of separation, and I think ultimately, man, when the bell rings, and to your point, man, I think Sean Porter, for us, we're gonna say, oh, he beat him, but again, man, me and Train spoke about this. I I think it's. For me, Sean Porter was going to have to put on a virtuoso performance to get a decision over Danny in Brooklyn. Yeah, and, and you, yeah, know, you know, I think – oh, let me go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, and, and like my, my prediction really, man, is I have, Dan, I have Danny winning this fight, but in a controversial fashion. Like I think it's going to be a split decision in a fight that I think many of us will say, oh, not like, oh, man, it, it was like a total – like sham, like a, like a, like you know, the effery happened. I think it's gonna be a somewhat close fight that people are gonna say, "Oh well, I saw it this way. Oh, I saw it that way." Maybe more people saying Porter won, but I think we're gonna see you know hometown cooking in this fight, man. And I think Danny, he's gonna have trouble with the pressure, but he's gonna land these little shots that is gonna probably have those judges scored those rounds for Danny. And I think it's going to be like a 114-113 or like a, like a split type of deal. And Danny's he's going to be the WBC champ again. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe, man, that like, to your point, I think that, you know, Danny's never faced this type of pressure. Um, I don't think that Sean Porter is going to be – at the end of any of those left hooks that we talked about. Right. I think he's going to pressure him. I think that it's going to confuse Danny. And when I'm, and let me go back. So everybody knows when I talk about footwork, I'm not talking about speed. I'm just talking about coordination. Like obviously Porter has a speed, but I think that Danny's more on balance than Porter is. That's my point. So Which when I, I said counter punching too, like that's attributed to when he, when he does land good counter shots, it has a lot to do with like his foot placement, his foot placement. Yeah. But to be honest, you know, I just see Danny getting outworked, out muscle in this fight, man. I really do. And, you know, unfortunately, man, I think that, you know, if Danny ever decided to step on the gas in this fight and have a sense of urgency, I'm going to tell you something, man. He would have a lot of success fighting this style, man. But he's just so conservative, man, with what he does and methodical, man, that, like, I'm really just trying to figure out who he is at 147, you know, because he hasn't. You know, playing the Angels advocate, like I asked you, he hasn't had great success against any welterweights. We could talk about Brandon Rios, but, like, who's Brandon Rios? He really hasn't had – I mean, let's think about it, man. He really hasn't had, a, like, a real genuine welterweight run, man. He's only really fought – all right, let me – I'll say this. He's only fought one guy that you could really say is a genuine welterweight because Robert Guerrero was, like, a lightweight that moved up. Brandon Rios was never a real welterweight. Sammy Vargas was never a real welterweight. Keith Thurman was. Lost to him. And now Sean Porter, 
was like a damn near wasn't he like didn't he fight Usyk in the amateurs like at 165 or something like that? and then on top of that let me i will say this man i'm from philly and i love philly sports and fighters but and my and my cousin said it, he's a danny fan he really looked lost in that danny in that thurman fight like he looked really bad man like he looked bad man he looked really really bad and i'm gonna tell you something don't be surprised if he looks even worse in this fight, man, I don't I don't have him looking good at all in this fight, man. And and I think that also, man, that that Brandon Reels fight is not a barometer to prepare for someone like a Sean Porter. And I'm going to tell you something that, like this, too. He was off for almost a half a year, wasn't he? A whole prior year. That, no, prior to that, he had fought. Thurman. Sammy Vargas. He had fought. Oh, no, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you Go right. look it up. He, I think he might have thought Thurman and then went to Brandon Rios. Yeah, I, I think you're. I, I think you're right. Yeah, because I think that's what it was. I think he fought. He fought Sammy Vargas, and then right after Sammy Vargas, he went to go fight. Um, yeah, that's right. He lost to Keith Thurman, and then he came back a year later, almost to the date, to fight Brandon Rios, and now he's fighting. Yeah. Him. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, you know, we, we forget about that, man. I mean, it's one thing to be active, but like Brandon Rios is not a barometer, man, for Sean Porter. I'm telling you, it's just a different type of activity level, man. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to see the difference, man, in, in that fight, man. And I'm sure it's just to me, the people that Sean Porter have problems with are the people that give him angles and have a different type of activity. If you there for Sean Porter, he mauls you, he pushes you back. You know, he's like a tow truck, man. He just latches on and he just pulls you wherever he needs to go. And I'm just being honest, man. I don't think that I don't think that Danny's active enough to keep him. My dad always said, if you want to be speed or you want to get somebody off you, you gotta have a good jab. Like that good jab, man, will, will take you places, man. And you know, I remember Vernon Forrest, man. Shout out to him. You know, remember Shane Mosey was mauling through people, doing that same thing, active, jumping up, man. He tamed him with a jab really early, and that ended all that crap. Yeah. So I'm just saying, man, like for him to have, he don't have that to me, man. Like he don't have that disciplined, educated, sharp jab that can keep him off of him. And I really believe, man, that, that the people that Porter struggle with, which are Kel Brook, and you can even look at it and say, um, Keith Thurman, they moved a lot, but they threw a jab at him. And guess what? Unfortunately, with Sean Porter, in order to have success with him, guess what you got to do? Guess what you got to do to have success with Sean Porter? Have a jab. <laughs> you got to fight him. Well, that too, yeah. You got to, like, listen, you can't sit back against Sean Porter, because people that sit back wind up like Paul, Paul Malinaji. You know, we, we don't say they have no power. They wind up like Andre Berto. You got to fight Sean Porter. So, like, when you think about Kel Brook and when you think about um, Kel Brook and you think about uh, Keith Thurman, they fought Sean Porter. I mean, they was in there exchanging. Bunches. Right, exactly. Right, like with threes and fours. You know, I don't think you're gonna get. I don't think you're gonna get threes and fours out of Danny. You're gonna get ones. Well, yeah. You gotta fight Sean Porter, man. Unfortunately, you gotta fight to keep this bear off of you, man. Yeah. 
You got to fight. So that's why I don't, I don't think that Danny's going to win, man. I think he's going to lose because of lack of activity. If he decided to fight Sean Porter, he would win this fight. He's going to lose because of lack of activity. It's going to be bad, too. I, You know, the one, I think one of the sticking points with all of us, too, with Danny, man, is the concerns like where he's at right now. And I think maybe one thing we question with him is just how um, how eager he, he really is or how hungry he still is to be at the top <laughs> because look let's let's all let's not kid ourselves here man one of these guys is fighting Errol Spence <laughs> so you know looking past this fight man like the, the mountain isn't like plateauing and when I look at both guys you know Danny has made look Danny's made a very good living um you know not not to get into his personal life but you know he's got a crib down here and South Florida, he's got his crib up in Philly. You know, he's got businesses and things as such, man. And sometimes some of these fighters, man, get to a level where they're content with, you know, with where they're at right now, man. But that sometimes zaps some of that hunger. Because, uh, because I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, man, I mean, this is – most people wouldn't fight Sean Porter if it didn't mean for a belt, which is why I think the fight ended up getting made anyway. Because it was for the title. Because remember, we were hearing about this and we're like, well, where is this fight coming from? Or when is it happening? And then Thurman all of a sudden vacates the title. Oh, fight's happening now, you know? So I'm wondering if Danny and and team were even looking to have this fight happen if it wasn't for the belt anyway. And let alone, again, like I'm mentioning, you, you got Buck Crawford there. You got Errol Spence. And I'm not even mentioning Keith Thurman right now because, like, we don't know what's going on with him. So I just look at Danny and I look at just where he is right now. And, and I, I don't, I, I can't take too much away from, like, the training footage that we saw because, you know, they let you see what they want you to see. But he just doesn't strike. And in just some of the interviews, he just doesn't strike me as somebody that is wanting to be great still. So, oh, so, so, so hold, hold that point. Who has more, who's displaying more of a sense of urgency between the two? Well, Sean Porter, for sure. It, exactly. So I think that Sean Porter knows that if he goes to Brooklyn, to your previous point, he knows that if he's not as active, like he could possibly lose his fight in a card. I'm telling you, man, don't be surprised if you see Sean Porter, man, like a, you know, like a crazed madman on Red Bull, just like coming out there, man, and just being the more motivated person. I really don't see Danny as, you know, I, he's probably motivated in a different way, but I don't think he has that sense of urgency as Sean Porter has. Like, have we seen Danny say, okay, I'm down. Like, I need to make this fight or make this round the best round. Like, to, you well, know, I think... In the Thurman fight, we didn't – I didn't see that from him. You know, like I didn't – all right, in, in all the fights that he's showed adversity or he, he's been under adversity, the Herrera fight, the Lamont fight, the Keith Thurman fight, there's nothing in those fights that I saw like, wow, man, like he he turned the corner. Like you could see the Khan fight because he was getting thoroughly outboxed before he landed the, the, you know, the Dracula punch. But again, it's like that – I don't want to call – I mean, 
people don't like to call it luck. And, like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but we've never seen Danny, like, down and him make an adjustment to where the fight completely changed. And then, like, he dominated against, like, a top-level guy. Like, the Matisse fight. And, again, that's why the Matisse is, like, the Matisse fight's the parameter for the Batiste fights the parameter for Danny Garcia's career, man. If you really think about it, as it relates to his overall best and being in there with a with elite an elite level guy at the time, at least, and how and how he performed under that kind of pressure in a fight that many of us thought he was going to lose. But again, since then, and it adds to my point as it relates to like how hungry is he still because he's made his money. He's won a couple other world titles since then, but I just don't sense that urgency, I should say. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't sense yeah. that urgency from Danny Garcia, man. And look, Sean Porter in a loss, man. We, yep. we talked about this too. In a loss, he gets really put into obscurity way more than Danny would in a loss, man, because I still think Danny and Broder is a fight that can happen if Danny loses. Sean Porter, on the other hand, he's already fought Keith Thurman. He's already fought Broner. You already fought Birdo. Um, at that point, like, you're not going to fight Arrow. You're not going to fight Bud. So it's like, where do you go from there? You know, so it's – it, you know, this fight, I, I, I think for what can transpire following is very it, – it, that's its own side story for both guys, man. But, like, I, I like all your all the things you're saying, like, I agree. You know, it, it's just – again, man, it's like I look at when the scorecards are being read. And look, man, we're, we're about to hop into a fight next week that we were dealt the same cards last year with what I'm talking about, you know. The fight's over. I'm like – we know who won this. Again, like I, I see the same thing. I see this fight ending. Sean Porter win, winning, like one fifteen, one thirteen, or one sixteen, one twelve, and then we're throwing the monkey wrench, man. Um, you, you, you know what though, too, man. It's just to your point, man. It's just that sense of urgency, and when we use these fights, like what Danny Garcia, the only thing we can lend to is that one forty. Because he hasn't really looked great against great competition at 147. So, honestly, I'm going to tell you, man, that pressure and that sense of urgency, man, is going to play a big role in that fight. And I'm going to tell you something, too. Danny Garcia may be the taller man, but, you know, Sean Porter's the bigger man. You know Sean Porter used to fight at junior middleweight. Well, he's he's he's, so, the, he's the – it's weird. It's, it's right. He's the taller guy. But Porter's the real welterweight here. Sure, and then on top of that, what we got to remember, too, is I thought that Danny would try to weight drain Porter. I would thought that would be – he's not even trying to do that, and I thought that that would be his better chance of winning. If he don't do that, man, like Porter I, is – But I think also, too, I don't think Danny can even make 144 anymore, man. Like, think about it. Like, I, I don't think I, – he's had – I mean, he – He's at 147 now, I think, because just out of necessity, you know, because he's not talking about him going to junior middleweight. I mean, you're out of your mind, man. Like, but I think Danny's that one. Right now, man, Danny's been at welterweight for two years. You know, and let alone, you got to fight for a world title. So <laughs> if I can't be at no catch weight unless, like, you're bringing in millions of dollars. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man, I don't – it's 
Danny, from what I've seen, just physically, like he doesn't. He still looks like a lightweight to me. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he still does. You know, so the, uh, the other, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the other thing is, the last thing I'll say too is, it'd be it'd be who of Danny to keep that fight in the center of that ring, which I don't think he can do, man. Huh. And that's what I'm saying, man. Like. I just don't – I don't – I'm not a fan of Sean Porter style, man, but I just really feel like that activity, the fact that Danny's going to have his back on the ropes, and the fact that everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be open for that left hook. And I'm like, listen, man, if Sean Porter is smothering his work, what do you think he's going to do to Danny? He's going to smother him too. Like, you don't smother your work and then, like, not – he's going to smother Danny's going to get smothered that fight, man. It's it's going to be an ugly fight, like you said, man. I hope you guys have, like, your clicker and you can flip back and forth to, like, some college football because it's going to be a lot of grappling, uh, just a whole lot of him pushing back. It's just, I don't know. It's going to be a different type of pressure than Danny's seen before. But I'm picking Porter to win 7-5, um, to five, man. I'm picking him to win, like, like a very, very seventy-five at the most, but a very, very thin decision. I'm telling you. Okay. All right, word. So you're going. You're you're going. You're you're saying he's getting he's getting the decision in Brooklyn. I think he's gonna win the fight. I just think Danny's gonna get the decision. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. This Saturday live on Showtime uh, for the WBC welterweight title. Danny Garcia, Sean Porter. So yeah, that's that's our predictions. I think uh well train train yeah, train was on my tip too. I mean, I think he yeah. thinks Porter's gonna win, but the FRE is gonna show up. So we're going ROD's going with Sean Porter getting the legit full on no FRE decision over Danny Garcia in Brooklyn. I think he's gonna beat Danny, but he's not gonna unfortunately get the decision. And uh, we'll see how things pan out for both guys, man, because the winner of this fight is staring at a date with this uh, little fighter uh, that's fighting out of Dallas, Texas. <laughs> so we'll see how that pans out uh, for, the, for the winner of that fight, man. But uh, that's our show, man. Next week, man, woo, we're here. <laughs> it's already here, man. Canelo Triple G2, is, the, the 24-7 is uh, – Already out. It's on YouTube. It's on our Facebook page. You could uh, go and check it out there. They did a Golden Boy version of it, uh, you know, where they, they kind of put on before the pay-per-view telecast. And you, know, you can catch that. I posted that as well. So we're going to we're gonna get into it next Monday. And, you know, we're going to have the whole crew on. We've been talking about this fight, man, for since – really since the beginning of the year. Because, I mean, it, it has been almost like a six, seven-month – soap opera that we're that's finally finally going to culminate in a fight we're going to be talking about it but not only that we're going to try this for the first time in gygb history i believe if I'm oh, not mistaken. Yeah. we're going to do a live and I, and i hope youtube doesn't cancel us we're not going to be showing the actual fight live but we're going to be doing live play-by-play -play with the crew uh it's live simulcast philly and Florida, we're gonna have our crew, you know, down here by like, by like fifteen of us, and you know, we'll we'll be uh, doing live play by play, um, getting the raw emotion, getting everything out there uh, live as it happens. We get the 
So crazy knockout, another crazy decision. You're gonna see it live right here on Garden Grill TV, man. So, so show them, tell them where they can watch the fight again, because we always get this question. Which fight? This fight again. Show uh, where we got Sean Porter. Oh, on Showtime, 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 Showtime nine nine p.m. nine p.m. Eastern. Because I initially said CBS when we first mentioned the fight, like when mm -hmm. we first like announced it, but it is. Showtime live 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think they have some other fights on. Um, I forgot who was fighting, but I mean, I think everybody's just looking forward to the main event, man. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it. Um, as we always say, follow us at Garge Grill Boxing on Instagram. Appreciate all the follows on Facebook, Garge Grill TV. Hit the reminder, subscribe. Uh, we got shows every single week. Bunch of content coming at you for this fall, man. And that's pretty much it, man. Join us next week. The official Triple G Canelo or Canelo Triple G to uh, preview prediction show. And then follow the following day with, well, not the following day, that's Saturday with the live play by play. But also make sure you hit the reminder <clears throat> so you know you get reminded and then you know you'll be on live with us, man. So I am Roberto Flat. Shout out to my man ROD and shout out to Coltrane who couldn't be here tonight. And We'll be back next week. Peace.